0: Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or a Samsung Tab A for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. He makes the magic happen at USA Today. He covers college football. He is Dan Walken with us here on The Big Show. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Hey, terrific. Uh, I know you were at the game last night. Give us, uh, kind of give us, I, I guess, what was it like? What was the feel like? The atmosphere? Uh, give us kind of the scene.
1: Uh, well, it was a big party in, in New Orleans. When you have the championship game there, it's always really good. Uh, fans like going there, and everyone goes down on the French Quarter and uh, it gets uh, a little inebriated, and uh, they just kind of let it all hang out for the weekend, and there's this big build buildup to the, to the game, and the atmosphere was really good. And obviously for LSU, being basically a, a semi-home game for them, uh, the fact they hadn't won a national title in 12 years and just the kind of aura around this team, it was just kind of like everything was building up to a, a great performance, and LSU was able to to do that and, and walk off with a 15-0 season.
0: I thought last night, uh, just to editorialize a little bit, I I thought last night, I thought the game was a lot better than maybe the final score indicated. What does it say about LSU as a team that they were able to really put away a team like Clemson? Because, I mean, Clemson was really good.
1: Well, yeah, that was the thing about LSU all year long, is if you wanted to hang in the game with them, you were going to have to keep scoring. uh, Because you just weren't going to stop them all that much. Uh, They proved that over and over again, and Alabama was the one that, that kept scoring with a healthy Tua, and, and they were, you know, it was a two-touchdown game, and Alabama had that very, very late touchdown, but it was a, that was a back-and-forth game. And I think the difference this time was that Trevor Lawrence just was not sharp. And Clemson got back within four, or I'm sorry, three at the start of the second half, and, and they're sitting there thinking, okay, here we go. You know, this is going to be a back-and-forth game, and then I think they got another stop and had the ball back, and then that was basically it. They was saw all punts from there. They could never get any momentum, and, and Lawrence had opportunities and, and just missed throws. He threw high a lot, overthrew the ball. just
0: couldn't locate,
1: and that's the difference in the game to me. Joe Burrow was very accurate when he had his opportunities, and, and Lawrence was not.
0: Speaking of Joe Burrow, Dan, and Dan, welcome of USA Today with us on 97.5 and twelve eighty of the zone. 5,671 yards, 60 touchdowns, only 6 interceptions, a 76.3% completion percentage, the Heisman Trophy, the National Championship. Where does this season fit amongst the pantheon of great college football seasons from quarterbacks?
1: Uh, pretty awesome. Maybe the best. You know, I, I, I certainly think there's an argument when you look at the numbers, and, and obviously it's it's not easy to compare eras and the games different and all that, but just in terms of throwing the football, he didn't make many mistakes over the course of an entire season. Uh, he, he made fewer mistakes over a season than a lot of quarterbacks will make in one or two games. So it's really phenomenal what he was able to uh, do consistently week to week, especially given the level of competition. I, look at the teams they play. And, I mean, we can all pick apart teams for various flaws or whatever, but Texas, Florida, Auburn, Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma, these are the blue bloods of the blue bloods. And then you finish it off against Clemson and Brent Venables. You know, I thought Brent Venables won the first quarter and was doing everything in his power to give that Clemson defense a chance, but just couldn't, you know, hold off the, the, the tide there and and so i uh, i think it is the most impressive season we've seen from from an individual player and and it i thought was a very well earned and deserved uh, championship
0: i want to ask you about uh, coach o and uh, the validation of his career but i want to ask it to you this way since we're out west here is usc kicking themselves today
1: uh, look uh, I, I don't know if that's fair um Ed Orgeron, and I think this gets lost a little bit because in the retelling of the Ed Orgeron story, people kind of skip over the reality of what happened to him, which is he got offered a job at Ole Miss that, that frankly, he never should have been offered. Okay, it wasn't his fault that he took the job, but he did, and anybody would have. But it was—he was, was not—he was not cut out for that. He was not a fit for it. He wasn't ready for it. And it was a train wreck. It was a total disaster. And it wasn't a disaster because, oh, you know, Ole Miss is a hard place to win or he didn't get a fair shot or anything like that. Like, it was a train wreck because of him. So when people doubted at Orgeron, including me, it was based on, like, things that had happened. When he was a head coach in the SEC, it was based on a track record that was not very good. Uh, So that he has turned everything around – is not only a credit to him, but it's also, I think, maybe a product of a lot of the experiences he had and some of the failures that he had. I think everybody always liked Ed Orgeron, but the idea that, that he could go from a, a guy who you know, just wasn't very good with, with assistants or players or, you know, just every the administrative side, the discipline side. To, to figuring that out is just not something that, that we have a lot of experience with. So um, it's, uh, yeah, it's really cool.
0: Dan, talk for a minute, if uh, if you will, about the University of Utah, uh, a season that was full of potential. I mean, they won 11 games, which this was, was really their best team in the Pac-12 era. There's not a whole lot of argument there. But, you know, the season didn't end so well. They got... Just rocked by Oregon, and then uh, things didn't go so well in the bowl game against Texas. And, you know, people can talk about them not wanting to be there, but the fact is they did not play very well in their last two games. Finished the year 16th in the final AP poll. Put a bow on Utah's season for us from your perspective.
1: Well, I think what it'll probably be remembered for is just a missed opportunity. Uh, Certainly, Utah had a great year, and, and, you know, you start to go through the seasons and anytime you win 11 games that stands out on a record on a wikipedia page but i think it'll be hard for some people to separate that from the idea that uh uh you know that that they could have won one game and gotten into the college football playoffs. it's not something that you can expect every single year that situation to present itself uh, not just at Utah, but but you know most places. So, and they didn't play well in that game. And maybe you know maybe at the end of the day they just weren't good enough, right? Sometimes that's all it is. Like you 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 just you aren't good enough, and you you were never going to be good enough, and that's fine. But I do think they'll look at that as a bit of a missed opportunity. On the other hand, I, I mean we're long past the point where, like people said, hey you know can Utah cut it in the Pac-12? Can they recruit at that level? That you know are, are they going to get swallowed up? We're way past that. Like they've, they've been legitimate Pac-12 team for a while, but uh, I'm sure it's disappointing the way it ended.
0: Dan, real quick before we let you go, I uh, want to get your thoughts on the news that broke today about Penn State football, and there's a lawsuit involving hazing, and it's just a, a dreadful story. But uh, your thoughts to what we've learned so far?
1: I, I don't have really much... Uh, much information on it. I, you know, I saw the report, and, and because it's a travel day, I've just kind of been running around and haven't been able to totally dig into it. But uh, you know, you, certainly the allegations are disturbing. But again, they're allegations. Um, how you know can they, can they be proven? How, how deeply can they be investigated? Uh, it's it's difficult to say. But certainly, you would hope at this point. You know, at at any school, particularly at Penn State, that that people in football programs would be vigilant about hazing uh, and that kind of thing uh, because there's just no place for it. And certainly um, hope if that's going on, that whoever uh, was involved in it is held accountable.
0: Dan, thank you so much for a few minutes. Uh, We really appreciate it.
1: Got it. Thank you.
0: Dan Welkin of USA Today. Gordon is here, and he is ready to pay up. And we will get to that coming up next. Chris Mannix at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Truncated Big Show right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.